So, yes, um, like Andrew said, I'm going to be continuing our series on prioritising his presence. I'm just hopefully going to share my screen. So I'll just do that quickly now and get that started. Um, here we go. Excellent. So, yes, I'm continuing on our series, prioritising his presence. I've really enjoyed this series. Um, I think, um, I don't know about you, I've also found it really challenging. And there's been a few times over the last sort of few weeks and months where I've kind of felt that sort of kick in the guts that, that I sometimes feel when God's like convicting me for his Holy Spirit of something. And I think actually just in terms of how we spend our time, what we prioritise, actually I think it's been really useful. And I think, um, you know, I think the world's been doing similar in some ways too. But um, and thinking about, I was having a conversation with someone just the other day about actually sort of all the time they'd spent in life in terms of as their kids were growing up, they were a bit older than me, but it was like, kids were growing up in investing in sort of all these different clubs and things and ferrying their children everywhere and realizing actually maybe they'd missed out on just some time as family time with friends as a result of that and I think you know there's something about the fact we've just taken stock in life haven't we over this last year that I think a lot of people don't want life to go back to exactly how it was before and I think as Christians then actually that, that gives us the challenge in as we go forward actually well what does that look like for us as individuals for us as families for us as a wider family in the church how are we going to sort of come out of this in sort of making sure we are prioritizing God's presence and prioritizing living the way Jesus has called us to as we go forward. Um, one of the sort of maybe weaknesses, challenges of the um, John Mark Cromer book that we've been using as part of this series is that it could be seen as quite individualistic and actually, um, and that was when we first said we were going to be using it as sort of basing a preaching series sort of around prioritizing his presence but using this book as one of the key tools then actually there was some feedback from a few people going actually there's lots of good stuff in it but actually it is very much about your individual relationship with Jesus which is obviously key but actually I think we sort of it's bigger than that too as well and so we sort of started to pick up a bit on that recently when sort of Paul spoke about the Sabbath Steve over the last couple of weeks speaking about community and it's important to say actually that the book isn't saying don't think about community don't think about these things but actually um his focus is just on his story of how he started prioritizing god's presence and actually as we're thinking about that actually what we're trying to do isn't say follow this book it's actually to mirror the lifestyle of jesus and that's what we keep trying to come back to so over the next couple of weeks we're going to be looking at um hospitality and we're going to do that in a couple of ways. So this week, we're going to spend a bit of time just looking at an introduction to it. We're going to look a little bit about what the Bible says about hospitality, thinking about actually how it's a bit of a model of grace, love for those that are different. And then next week, we're going to look at actually what the outworkings of that are. And next week, you're not actually going to hear that much from me. Um, I'll sort of be overseeing it, but there's a few different people from across our church family that are going to share a little bit about what that looks like to them in their settings and their situations. And hopefully that will help because hearing some different voices should hopefully provoke and encourage in different ways that it can look like for different people. Um, I think the other um, thing in terms of introduction that I want to say is that I, I really feel that this is really important in the sort of time we're at at the moment too. As Andrew was saying, we're a year into this sort of COVID world and um, we haven't really been able to practice hospitality fully over the last year. Actually, for the last year that we've been under some sort of restrictions the whole time, there was a little bit of freedom last summer, but actually throughout we haven't had the same freedom that we've had before. And so I think this makes it even more, more so what Steve said last week, that actually 
we treat our homes in this country, you know, like an English man's house is his castle. Actually, we do quite often treat our homes as places to retreat into, maybe as opposed to tools that God's given us to share. And I think we've had to do that even more so over the last year. And, you know, all sorts of things have changed about our homes. They've become our places of work for a lot of us, as well as our places to live. You know, that's going to impact hospitality going forward. You know, actually, how do you have people live with you if your spare rooms now become your office? There's all sorts of challenges that are probably going to come out as a result. But I think as we come out of this period and things start to open up a bit, I think there's a real call on us as a church and us as individuals and families to go, well, actually, are we going to be people that are leading in rebuilding communities, actually using our houses as tools to bring people in, um, in whatever way that is? Or are we going to be just so excited about hanging out with our friends and family, which there's nothing wrong with, but actually that we kind of forget that actually there's more people out there that we need to be building and relationships with loving and stuff. And hospitality is a key part of the gospel. It's a key way it's pre preached. It's a key way that the kingdom of God advances. If you think about your own story of coming to know Jesus I bet hospitality played a part in that and we need to remember that um I also want to recommend two books that I've read I was going to hold them up but then I realized I've got a slide of them so I won't hold them up but um two books that I've read um, when I was preparing this um and they're both good but in different ways so there's the simplest way to change the world and this is um really good I think I'd say it's quite practical it's got lots of ideas about how to reach out into your community how to build people in, how to use your house, um, whether that's a student room, like in a shared house through to like a mansion, wherever you are in that spectrum of space you've got, actually how to use that to advance the kingdom of God, to reach into your community. It's got lots of practical ideas. And I think there's be something that everyone can do in there, like whether that's actually having people around, having an open house on church on Sunday, whether that's using um the fact you might like sport to invite people around to watch a big game that you don't know all those and and so it's really helpful just really practical and sort of but encouraging with some really exciting stories in there as well so i'd like um that's you thought then the other book is called the gospel comes with a house key um which is really inspiring and like i would also recommend but i think what i'd say about it is this it's less practical but more inspiring so actually it's um the story of rosaria butterfield and how she part of her salvation journey and her hospitality played a part in that but then part of the sort of calling that her and her family have in terms of hospitality and they sort of really live that as actually this is the primary way they're going to advance the kingdom of god and actually you know they gear their whole lives around having that sort of open house um about how they that's affected decisions on how that her not working on how they do different things and I'd say again, it's incredibly encouraged, it's incredibly inspiring, but I'd also say in terms of that, actually, there's, you know, how they live their lives probably isn't what everyone is going to be called to do. And actually, if you like, if you're in different stages of life, if you've got different things that you're feeling God's calling you to, don't sort of read it and then feel like, oh no, I can never be that person, because actually God's got his own individual things that he's calling us to do, but some of the principles in it are really um, helpful as well. So I would recommend both, but just a little bit of context to what they're both like there. So I said a little bit about how hospitality um, plays a part in all of our stories, and when I was thinking about this, I thought back over my story of becoming a Christian, and you know, my parents were Christians, and so I was born up in a christian family but um i didn't become a christian till my teenage years and one of the challenges for me sort of growing up was when i was about nine years old 
my mum got very seriously ill. She ended up with like a burst appendix in hospital. They diagnosed it very late and she was in hospital for, I think it was a few months. It was a long time anyway. And so um, me and my brother have lots of memories of me being like sort of nine, 10, my brother being six, seven and us sitting in hospital cafes waiting for my dad to see my mum. And, you know, she was, it was touch and go whether she was going to make it for a bit and later on I found out my mum had had lots of had to have conversations with the doctors about whether to tell us to say goodbye to my mum all this sort of stuff and so that impacted my mum then for a number of years like well still does to this day to be honest her health has never really recovered fully and so there was lots of things then as kids where we sort of were looked after by other people because my dad was working full-time and my mum couldn't for a number of years so actually like you know we spent lots of time with wider people in the church and things like that which um was good and then um when I was about 13 I got invited by a family to go to Stony Bible Week with them just down the road from here and um you know and at that Stony Bible and they had five kids of their own so inviting me into that was just probably adding to the slight chaos of it but they just gracefully did that sorted me out getting there and you know at that week I became a Christian my life completely changed got filled with the Holy Spirit and it really changed my life but actually I kind of think that I think well actually that was someone taking the step going actually come and be part of our family for the week um and the difference that made and then over the next few years you know i remember like regularly when i was like sort of 16 17 hanging out after school or college i was sort of hang out at the houses of some of the guys that were in their 20s in the church and so i just do life with them and actually the impact that that had on me and so you know hospitality does change lives and i think we've got to realize the power that it has and when we're like sewing out and inviting people in to be part of our families and spend time with us then actually that can have a real impact in, on people's salvation eternity so it's massively powerful i think also want to be clear sort of what we're talking about when we're talking about hospitality and i'm not talking about some sort of come dine with me style dinner party lovely as they are if that's what you're into neither am i talking about just um, hanging out with our best friends and having them over all the time those things are both lovely but actually i don't think that's what biblical hospitality is when we're talking about um, biblical hospitality we're talking about actually sort of this god-centered motivation to reach out and love and bring people in amongst us and um, this year i've been doing the bible in a year and Sometimes I find actually working through some of the books of law quite hard going once you get into sort of Leviticus and Numbers and stuff like that. But um, there, I was um, reading Leviticus and I was struck by this passage when the law is being set out where it says, um, when a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. The stranger who sojourns with you shall be to you as a native among you and you shall live. You shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And actually, I just like, love this bit that actually really early on, like when God was setting out the laws for his people in the wilderness and sort of telling them what they were going to have to do when they got into the promised land, actually, there was this thing about actually if strangers are amongst you and they come and dwell with you, then actually you shall love them as yourselves. And I think that's a real challenge for us now. You know, let's look at some news headlines recently. Who are the strangers in our land? Like actually... You think about people fleeing here from persecution in other countries or people just coming here, sort of economic migrants, people, students from other nationalities. Who are the people that we see as strangers in our land? And are we actually sort of thinking, oh, we're a bit too full for more people in this country? Or actually, or the government can sort that out? Or are we doing something about it? I often think that, like, historically, a lot of the groups that were suffering in our society, whether that was asylum seekers, children in care, those fleeing domestic violence, the only people 
people that are doing anything about it was the church you know church set up refuge churches set up refuges and children's homes and all these things and then over time positively because of christians and other campaigning actually the state started to run a lot of these things so actually children no longer had to be who were in care were no longer just in sort of church homes and monasteries of that those young people and people that were fleeing domestic violence actually refuges and other things have been set up that aren't church-based a lot of the big charities have christian roots that are no longer like that but um i think where that's led us over time is that actually now we kind of view those things and that well the state deals with that and actually the state deals with asylum seekers and the state deals with um, children in care. And actually now we can kind of abdicate responsibility a bit as a ch- as the church in the broadest sense to the state. I mean, we don't completely do that, don't get me wrong. You see even right within Jubilee, you've got people like Hugh and Sue and Matt and Sammy and some of the great stuff they do with international students and others from different countries. You've got Carriers of Hope in Coventry, which does amazing work with people from different nationalities. You've got Home for Goods nationally that promotes sort of fostering and adoption. And we've seen stories of people in our own church that do that. But actually, I think sometimes now we don't see this anymore as a core part of following Jesus, but see it maybe as a niche interest for certain people. When you look at the Greek word for hospitality, a key part of it is love of strangers. Like many times in the Bible, the saints open their homes to people they don't know. Even our dictionary definition of hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors or strangers. So it's really key here that actually hospitality is so much about people you don't know. It's not just inviting the people you know well to hang out lots. That's that's great, but that's not a biblical version of hospitality. You see the importance of hospitality flowing through scripture too. You see Abraham when he welcomes three strangers into his home, insisting and preparing them a nice meal before they continue on their way. And it turns out that this was the Lord and two angels. And through that, obviously, they learned Sarah was going to conceive and have a baby by that time next year. And actually, this all came about when because Abraham was being hospitable to others. Hebrews 13, 2 reminds us of this. It says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Now, this doesn't mean that every time you invite someone into your home, they're going to be an angel, but it has happened. And actually what we see clearly actually throughout scripture is Jesus asking us to feed and clothe people. You know, Jesus said, actually, when you fed and clothed someone, he was looking after me. This is what Jesus calls us to. It's not just about strangers um, in terms of those that don't know Jesus either. It's also about actually people and Christians from other nations, other areas, people, Christians from within our church that we don't know. Actually, Romans 12, 13 tells us contribute to the needs of saint, the saints, practice hospitality. Literally talking about pursuing hospitality. The verb uh, implies continuous action. So the command in Romans is that hospitality is not just a once a year thing, like a nice party at Christmas, but it's an attitude and a practice. Our home should be ready to welcome people in who don't ordinarily live there. I think that's quite a challenge, isn't it, in our culture, that our home should be ready to welcome people in. 1 Peter 4, 8 to 9 says this. um, It says, above all, love one another deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And it says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There's a command in that as well. And then, like I said, Jesus taught us as well about this. He said um, in Luke, Jesus said, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbours. At least they also invite you in return and you be repaid. 
But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. I think this is really powerful in terms of what Jesus is saying, because firstly, actually, it's a call to clearly invite people that aren't going to repay you. That hospitality isn't this sort of, oh, you come, I'll have you around for dinner, now you invite me around. It's actually much bigger. It's inviting people that might not be able to return that. And actually, it's something that God's going to, be thankful for and i think also it shows the importance of it because actually jesus makes clear that actually this is something that's going to be considered at the on judgment day when he talks about the sheep on his right he will say i was a stranger and you welcomed me truly i say to you as you did to one of the least of these brothers you did to me actually it's that important that jesus is talking about it on judgment day and i was reflecting on this and thinking well why is this and i think part of it is because actually hospitality biblical hospitality it not only builds community and shows love but it also preaches the gospel it really does it reflects the heart of god and the heart of jesus now in the gospel it's kind of a whole story isn't it of hospitality god has extended his eternal hospitality to lost sinners he's welcomed us into his family and into his kingdom he's preparing a feast for us and welcoming us to his table that is exactly what hospitality is He's called us to come home and be part of that. And I really, really like this quote, which I wanted to finish with this week, because I think it gives us something to reflect on as we go into next week. And it's from John Piper. It says this. It says, um, therefore, when we practice hospitality, here's what happens. We experience the refreshing joy of becoming conduits of God's hospitality rather than being self-decaying coldy sacks. The joy of receiving God's hospitality decays and dies if we don't flourish in our own hospitality to others. I found that incredibly challenging. And I just think before we get into next week and we just think about what that looks like in practice, let's just think about that. God's showing us his hospitality. He's lavished it on us. And actually, we have the choice then whether we're going to be conduits of it or whether we're just going to let it sort of be a decaying cold exact. I know which one I want to choose. And actually, I'd want over the next week, let's just encourage God to stir up and think about that so that when we come together next week and hear some stories of how people do that we can come to that with the attitude of being actually god i want this to flow for me my household as well thank you i'm going to hand back to andrew